0: Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic intent and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to sunny side up. I'm your host, Mark Bedard. Today, super excited to be talking with Kim Kaminsky about aligning marketing and sales. Kim is the vice president of Global Integrated Campaigns for ServiceNow, having just transitioned to this leadership role after serving as ServiceNow's Global Sales Development Leader for the past year. Before joining ServiceNow, Kim held executive marketing leadership roles at TmaxSoft, Infojix, Vision Solutions, and CA Technologies. Her expertise spans brand management, go to market, product and portfolio marketing, digital marketing, demand generation, and partner marketing. Oh, yeah. Her passion is aligning marketing, sales, and product to accelerate business growth. Kim, you know I'm excited. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Mark. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And for everyone, I'm going to start out by saying if you don't know Kim, Introduce yourself to her. She's great and a true wealth of knowledge. Uh, that that you know description there is really tip of the iceberg in terms of uh, Kim's capabilities. So
1: uh,
0: right off the Thanks. bat, re- reach Thanks, out to Mark. Kim.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Mark, and yes, I look forward to connecting with everyone on LinkedIn. So
0: Beautiful. please reach out. Yeah, let's let's dive in because this is a big one. I know it's not a uh, it's not a small topic that we're talking about. Uh, every time we we dive into a topic, though, we always start with the why. So I guess, you know, to ask you first and foremost, why is there even a need to align sales and marketing?
1: Well, um, thanks, Mark. It it, it really boils down to this, right? It's all about finding the why. And I think there's a couple reasons. Um, The first reason, though, is it's all about the customer, right? And so marketing and sales, the common denominator between the two of them is the customer. And in my experience, when marketing and sales are very tightly aligned, you create such so much better customer experiences, right? Um, but there's a lot happening behind the scenes that you need to do to kind of build that alignment. And if you keep the lens on the customer, it becomes a lot easier to do that. So I would say that's the first reason. Second reason is from an internal perspective, the tighter the alignment between the two functions, and they really should be one revenue engine. So much more effectiveness and efficiency. And I think this is super important for high growth companies who are trying to scale. Um, ServiceNow is in a real high growth phase, and so when you're trying to scale, it's really important to get as much effectiveness and efficiency as you can. And these two organizations are where it happens, right? This is the this is the customer acquisition pipeline building, revenue generation machine. And so the tighter the two groups are aligned, the more effective and efficient and the faster time to market and higher revenue growth you're going to get from that alignment. Yeah,
0: makes sense. I know it's kind of the, uh, the big elephant in the room and certainly that's a beautiful mm-hmm. summary of addressing uh, the, the kind of two pieces as you've outlined it. One is the efficiencies gained through aligning those, especially mm-hmm. from a growth perspective. But then right. the second, which I think everyone's focused on Nowadays, in particular, and I think it came out uh, expedited really post-COVID, is this focus and fanatical focus on the customer and ensuring a a great customer experience and customer vision. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely.
0: So why, I guess, like, you know, obviously it makes sense. We're we're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. Why does this alignment problem exist, though?
1: I think it exists for a couple of reasons. Um, if you think about marketing and sales, both functions are are highly productive, right? We do a lot in our own domains. And so I think quite often, both organizations get really busy on their core functions, and they forget that really the two cannot uh, exist without each other, right? Marketing and sales coexist, again, and it's this revenue machine that we create. And But we get really busy in our own functions and in our own silos, and we lose that focus and that handshake. And so I think um, the more that the two can come together and understand each other's Uh, common objective and really settle on some common objectives. And I think we're going to talk about that, but also understand each other's remit. So marketing has a specific remit in the revenue cycle and sales has a specific remit. And you have to understand each other and build those relationships to support each other, um, to, to make that coexistence really strong. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, so who? I guess one of the interesting questions I have is like, whose responsibility is it? Is it sales? Is it marketing uh, to, to bridge that gap?
1: Well, you know, I think it's both. But I have always espoused that marketing has the obligation to take the leadership role. And people say, well, why is that if it's a relationship and relationships take two? I think quite honestly, because if you really get to know the sales mindset and you get to know the sales remit and really understand what they are trying to do, um, it just makes more sense to me that marketing reaches out and extends a longer olive branch to really understand and walk in the shoes of salespeople. Um, And once you do that, you understand the risk that they take every day in in the job that they have, right? Right. Um, and, and and how difficult their job is, once marketing brings a potential customer to them, not that we don't do a lot of work, because we do, but the real work then starts with, I think, the sales cycle. And it's very complex today, right? Especially in B2B, um, sales cycles are a lot longer, they're more complex, they require more people in the process. And so, I've just always been of the mindset that marketing has that obligation to take the leadership stance to first walk a mile in a salesperson's shoes. And by doing that, it becomes reciprocal. You know, you kind of have to give to get, if you will.
0: I love it. Yeah. And I'm always curious because there's certain roles within an organization that kind of bridge the gap or or, uh, often are on both sides of the fence. And obviously, you know, you're now running... Uh, I Guess what they call global integrated campaign. So it's all expansive there. But mm-hmm. but you you did do global sales development as well, Kim, right? So what? Yes. Where where was that at ServiceNow? Is that is that on the sales side? Is it on the marketing side? That's one of those things that kind of bridges the gap, right?
1: Yeah, we absolutely we absolutely are the bridge between marketing and sales at ServiceNow, and and I think all the all the sales development leaders that I talk to see it that way. Um, today, the function is currently in marketing at ServiceNow. We are actually building an inside go-to-market um, uh, strategy, and I think you may have talked to or may be talking to one of our leaders, Allison Hughes, who is my one of my close business partners. Um, But in any case, um, we are actually transitioning GSD to sales, but even though they are going to be moving into the sales function at the beginning of next year, um, they are still maintaining their alignment with marketing and their service level agreement with marketing. Because uh, again, it's a major connection point between the two organizations and absolutely critical to uh, maintaining and strengthening that alignment between the two teams.
0: So, as we're talking about the you know why this problem kind of exists in the first part, obviously service now we'll talk a lot about solving in a second mm-hmm. but but, with respect to the the problem again we talked before about how versus why thinking can you can mm-hmm. you expound upon that and explain that to the audience?
1: Oh sure um so the how versus why is again, I think that we all functions right get really focused into the, into how they need to do their work, right? And so on a day-to-day basis, again, particularly in companies that are really any company, it's not just high growth, it's, it's human nature to get really focused into how you need to do something, right? And you get into, uh, you plan your strategy, you develop your plans, and now it's time to execute. And you get really focused on how you're going to do something. And I think it's very easy then to kind of get in our silos and lose the focus on the why. And so... So the why always needs to come back to that North Star, right? And, and I actually look at marketing, sales, and product as the three-legged stool. And this is not my concept. This is serious decisions and other, you know, best practice organizations look at it that way as well. But it's really important to have marketing, sales, and product as the lens, having a lens on the customer, right? Because those three functions in particular must be aligned. But in terms of the revenue engine, Um, You know, if marketing and sales are both looking at how they're doing something, but they're not keeping their eyes on that North Star, then things become really disconnected. You get um, misaligned KPIs and kind of a, a misaligned reason for actually why you're doing the work. And it becomes just a set of activities with no end goal and no end unified goal.
0: Makes sense. So what, give me an example of some of the KPIs in particular, like what you're, you're you're pointing to the KPI as effectively the North star, right. Or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the customer, it could be, I guess, a customer journey that we're all aligning to or something, right. Right. There's something there that we all share in common. It's, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, a KPI that's only exclusive to like generate MQLs, right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's more holistic than that. It's driving revenue or mm-hmm. uh, something like that. What What are examples, with, maybe within ServiceNow or at your previous organizations, that mm-hmm. have helped organizations align to that north star?
1: Well, I think you know, there's the typical marketing and sales metrics of leads, meetings, opportunities, pipeline, revenue. Those are the core KPIs that you know everyone looks to. But I think if you look across the customer journey, and even if all the functions are not aligned in one. Organization bringing together all the functions that touch the customer at some point in time, all the way through what we call kind of value and loyalty. You know, it starts with um, how aware are they of ServiceNow and how are they, you know, are they willing to even engage with us? And really starting from, are they even the right personas and are they the right companies? Like, do we have a really tight lens on? core focus companies and personas that, you know, we're, we're trying to engage with from both a marketing and sales perspective and getting that alignment. But as we start to engage customers into the buying cycle, you know, how engaged are they? And looking at those points of engagement across Um, that whole journey. And then of course, you know, are they willing to take a conversation? How did that conversation go? Um, I think many times we lose the focus on if we have a discovery call, did did it go well and what happened? And and then all the points of conversion throughout the sales cycle. And then after the sales cycle, um, you know, bringing them into the community and and are they participating in the community of practitioners using your technology? Are they willing to be a reference? Are they, you know, how 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 is our um, acquisition process driving up our net promoter score? And, and just keeping in touch with the customers and talking to them all throughout their life cycle. Um, and then, of course, looking at, Once someone becomes a customer and they're a customer in one area of your business, how much are they willing to invest to consume more of your solution? And, of course, ServiceNow is is a uh, cloud-based platform, and we offer a, a, a variety of applications to support, you know, an entire organization's digital transformation. So for us, it's really, really important to have those strong customer relationships and really build the relationship with the entire organization over time.
0: What you're painting a picture of is a, is a very holistic and I guess very uh, aligned organization mm-hmm. that I kind of picture... Uh, you know, you're talking about the ideal customer profile there earlier, right? Everyone's got yes. this scenario where, you know, marketing is generating uh, some leads and they shoot them over and I don't know, sales rejects them, right? Or they say, these people aren't the people I need to talk to or something like that. Right. Right. And that's that instant right off the bat. I mean, that's the pain that we're kind of talking about resolving here, which is uh, if you obviously have that alignment in, at the forefront, then you know, the leads that are generated from the marketing side or the conversations that are generated are the right kinds of individuals. They're the right kinds of uh, buyers. But then mm-hmm. that's all – that's fine. I, I think we understand that. The the second piece you're talking about is interesting to me because I, I, I can't imagine there's that many organizations – maybe there are – but it's very sophisticated in my mind that are actually following it through to your point of – Okay, you had a conversation with that person. You had a sales cycle with that person. Even brought that person on board, but continuing to follow that individual through their entire customer life cycle—that's, uh, I mean, that's very impressive. That must be pretty complex.
1: It is very complex, and I think, you know, that's one of the, we're continually looking at that at ServiceNow, and and I was just actually talking to, uh, right before this call, our director of our our NOW community, and thinking about ways in which we can continue to strengthen our customer relationships just through their engagement within our community. So there's many ways to do it, and, um, you know, I don't think any any company has completely cracked the code, but um, certainly it becomes very critical as you're trying to scale and grow, um, more and more important to focus on the um, how satisfied the customer experience is once they become a customer and how are they, are they getting the value? Like, we have a, a value framework, and we're always looking at even before they become a customer how are we going to deliver true value to them and sustain that value and grow the value? So, it's a, it's a very important initiative for us and a really important metric, if you will. Um that we're always looking at. and i've I've greatly oversimplified it. We you know it's something we could talk about. and I'm not the expert on this. I can point you to anyone in service now from our you know our now value team who would would love to share more on that. So
0: I'll a topic to for another
1: it. day. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much time we got to expand. But yeah, 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 that that's yeah. excellent. I think it makes sense, right? Obviously, everything again goes back to the customer' we're, or, or, fanatical about delivering an exceptional experience to them and to be able to do that you you need the infrastructure in place you obviously need to be understanding every step along the journey what's happening to them so uh that makes sense you know one of the things that that i was thinking is you know i get the i get where we're going but you mentioned marketing leaders in particular uh extending the olive branch uh, to the sales side, you know what steps can can our marketing leader um, listeners take to really align the two teams? what can they do?
1: Well, I think the first first step is um, coming to the table with data and insights, right so um, it starts with I think with the planning process and really sitting down and understanding. Um, the, the markets that that we serve, right? And so, sitting down with the sales teams and sales leadership as they're doing their account planning and bringing data and insights to really make that that account planning process so much richer, right? Um, and 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 when you bring data and insights to the sales team and speak their language, I found that it just creates immense credibility, right? Um, I think the other thing is, is going out in the field and literally going on calls with sales. Now, we can't go out in the field today, literally, but asking to be a part of sales calls and just listen and learn and watch. And be inquisitive and be curious and, again, put the focus on the other person and on the customer because what you get from that then is not only, again, the insights of what it's like to walk in a mile in a salesperson's shoes, but better insight on the customer then to be able to better articulate your organization's value to that customer, because now you're speaking the language of the customer. So I think it's data. I think it's spending time. And then I think it's it's um, continually um, participating um, throughout the sales cycle, not just you know launching a proverbial marketing campaign, but real, regularly meeting with sales to understand how your efforts are impacting what they're trying to do, right? So is it successful? Are they getting feedback? Are we delivering the right leads? Are, are are the leads converting to meetings and opportunities? And then, again, all the way through post-sale, what are we doing to continue to keep that engagement with the customer and then grow our base of relationships within a given account to help that salesperson further their relationships within that account? So those are just a few of the things that I would, I would say are really important.
0: I love it. And Kim, you're mentioning... You know, some things that are very practical, but I've personally had uh, great experiences on the sales side of the fence, you know, not on the marketing side, but on the sales side um, through, through also doing these kinds of things. And in particular, marketers and product owners uh, hopping on sales conversations and hearing it firsthand from the customers. That's obviously uh, invaluable feedback for them. But yes. on the sales side of the fence, and I guess my point to the sales listeners. Is it, they're going to provide you a completely different perspective um, and some insight that you might not expect as well uh, from their from their angle, right? In, in terms of yes, you know the the message or the narrative that was supposed to be pushed out around that product, or maybe features and functionality that were built to be able to accomplish a certain thing. Uh, or maybe being used in a different way, right? It may be learning for everyone. So that customer feedback is, is really, really critical. And having all the players on your side of the fence at the, at the seat there so you can debrief afterward is, uh, is an exceptional way to also improve your craft and your understanding of uh, the solutions that you offer.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the best salespeople that I've worked with are the ones that invite you into their world and into their process. And they're they're not afraid to have more, pe- more people at the table, so to speak, and positioning it to a prospect or customer that, you know, the more we can allow our internal teammates to listen and learn, the better experience and the better um Value we're going to potentially deliver to you, at the customer. So, invite us in is what I would say to all the salespeople: is invite your marketing people in to the process and let us help.
0: Absolutely. What's what's some stuff that we haven't covered that we should be talking about as it relates to aligning sales and marketing? It's such a Goliath of a topic, but what are we missing that we should be chatting toward?
1: Uh, I think I mean we've covered a lot in this uh, I, I would say again um, you know you touched upon the product piece uh, I think it's really really important to stay connected with the product organization and really um, making sure that the the product team is aware and involved as much as they can be at the right points in the sales cycle in order to um, not only um, you know help inform the sales process but to have that great feedback loop into the development life cycle. So I think that's really important. Um, and, I, and I think just, um, you know, making sure that um, it, as we as, you know, as a team, um, it's this this team mentality of like, we call it winning as an account team, making sure that the account team isn't just the sales focused team, that, that you really bring to bear all of the resources That you have at your disposal. And actually, when I was at CA Technologies, it was pretty cool. The sales leadership really um, looked at, you know, during sales QBRs, asking the salespeople, how are you involving your partners in the business? Not just marketing, not just solution consulting, but teams like finance, teams like product. just all the different uh, uh, resources that you as a salesperson can bring to bear to help make your life a lot easier. And, and by enabling, enabling you to focus on really delivering value to the customer that then creates such a better customer experience in the long run.
0: So true. And, and to your point earlier too, uh, you know, on the buying side of, any kind of enterprise sale or any most B2B sales at this point, I don't know what the stats were before. It was 7.6 at one point. Now I think it's what over 13 buyers that are involved in in an actual decision, something like that. Yeah.
1: D- depending on the size of the company. Absolutely. It's very matrixed.
0: And, yeah. and on on that point, like if there's so many folks on that side of the table on the buying committee, it why not reciprocate it, right? Why not bring all arms to bear on, On your side, right, and and come prepared with uh, folks that can talk all angles of the solution, right? Maybe sometimes the product team will be able to Mm -hmm. provide feedback and and insight that others won't. And And
1: there's another piece. There's another piece too, which is you know you as a salesperson know this, but kind of the whole social selling aspect, right? Reaching into your internal network often produces a lot of great connections um, that can help you better get acquainted with your customers and their organizations, right? So really leveraging social selling and, uh, and, and the, you know, tying into the power of your network, um, incredibly powerful. One of our inside salespeople just reached out to me today and asked for a connection to a company. And it turns out that we are a customer of that company. And had he not reached out, he might've made a blind call and, um, you know, had the foresight to just look through his internal network and see what connections can I make? And I'm sure all the seasoned salespeople are doing this, but just wanted to put that out there as a reminder that, you know, your network internally can be very powerful in helping you, um, uh, get to get to the customer much more quickly and effectively.
0: It's so true, and obviously, such a critical thing uh, to drive efficiency in the revenue engine here, align sales right. and marketing, right? Massive, and everything keeps coming back to the customer.
1: At it the end does. of the day,
0: it's really to provide them a better experience. With
1: North Star, exactly yeah. the North Star for sure.
0: I love that. I do actually. I, I really wish. Uh, We chose marketing, sales, and product now as uh, as our title. We might have to put a a little abbreviation in there or a little asterisk to include product.
1: (laughs) Well, that could be a topic of of another day that we could dig into a little bit more.
0: That's it. We've got a spotlight series we'll have to
1: bring you on. (laughs) There you go. go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we always ask uh, if there's any folks that you, you would suggest, hop on the podcast with us.
1: Yes. And I actually thought of two people. And so the first person is a rising star in the sales industry. Uh, His name is Tom Alimo, and he is a a rising young salesperson, uh, incredibly successful, actually has his own podcast. I think the two of you could have a great conversation. Um, And then there's another person, a gentleman named Chris Mills, who is a very seasoned sales leader that I've worked with for many years. He's been a great mentor to me and really helped me start thinking about the power of sales and marketing alignment. And we, uh, in our journey together, had some great successes. And I think that the two of you could also have a great conversation. So Tom and Chris, and happy to connect you with both of them.
0: Awesome. Well, they're, they've now been shouted out. Uh, so there you go. Shout out to Tom happen. and Chris.
1: There you Perfect. go. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: And obviously, like we, we covered this a little bit in the way beginning, Kim, but uh, people are definitely going to want to get in contact with you. Is, is LinkedIn the best route?
1: LinkedIn is the best route. And on LinkedIn, I am Kimberly Kaminsky and would love to connect with anyone who's interested in talking about this topic of marketing and sales alignment.
0: It's a great one. And obviously incredibly critical, especially as we continue to delve into uh, what makes a great customer journey. Uh, Kim, I, I can't thank you enough for hopping on the podcast with us. It was incredibly fun chatting with you and learning from you.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. I've really enjoyed it. And I really appreciate, appreciate the opportunity to spend time with you today. Well,
0: Thanks. we'll so much. pull you back soon for the, uh, for the follow up. We'll do the, um, We'll have to do the spotlight series with you. A small, a smaller, more bite sized bit. We won't hold Sounds you to good. the full, full time.
1: <laughs> Sounds good. We've got some great product leaders at ServiceNow as well, who I think would would love to participate in the conversation. So just let me know.
0: All right, we'll do. Thanks. Kim. All
1: right, thanks, Mark. Have a great day.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.